Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to starting a private practice with Zinni Me. I'm Miranda. And I'm Kelly. We're two therapists helping you start your private practice from scratch in this season, which is super fun. Last time we talked about marketing plans. Today we're going to go over some of the common questions that we've been getting about marketing, the strategy, implementing the plan. Stick around, you may hear your question answered. Yes. Okay, here's the first question that we get all the time. I have been doing all this marketing and nothing is working. Nothing works. What am I doing wrong? So the first thing that we always ask is, oh, show me the data. And what do people say, Kelly? What data? Ah, therein lies the the rub. So Before we can decide if your marketing plan is or isn't working, there is really important data that we need to look at. So we talked about the four table legs in the previous episode. If you didn't listen to that, please go back and listen to it. But with each leg of your marketing plan, there is data that you can track. So for example, how many calls are are you getting per month? And who is referring these people? That lets you know if your referral networking is using is working. Then we look at what keywords are you trying to rank for and where do you rank? How many people have been coming to the website? When people come to the website, how long do they stick around? What pages do they look at? If you have that single page, how many people are clicking the contact me button? Mm-hmm. You also want to look at in terms of how much time you are actually spending doing the marketing. And the reason I say this is because just because you think about it a lot doesn't mean you're doing it. And it feels like you're doing it, but you're just thinking a lot about it because it's on your mind all the time. But how much time are you really dedicating to the marketing? So we want to look at where your time is going, what activities, and if you have directory listings, what's the analytics of those? What's the analytics of your website? Everywhere that your information is at, we should have some numbers attached to that. Yeah. I've talked with so many therapists over the years where they say it's not working. And then we go over and they're like, oh, but I got 10 phone calls this this month, Um, but they weren't ideal or I didn't know how to schedule them. They were worried about the cost. So sometimes the marketing is working, but we need to work on things like how to have the conversation with clients Mm -hmm. and how to actually like get people confident enough to schedule with you. So we need to really understand what those numbers are so that we know where to focus. Because if the wrong people are calling, then we need to change the marketing message or where people are finding out about us. If the right people are calling, but they're not scheduling, then maybe we need to change our conversation Mm -hmm. and how we do that. It's one of the reasons that our business school, we give people a consultation script. Years ago, when I first started coaching people, people would reach out and be like, how did you do this? I started my practice during the great recession. And so people were like, how are you full with private pay clients? What does that look like? I'd be like, oh, I just did a website. 
Um, and I got, you know, I did my SEO and they'd be like, oh, what do you mean? And so I would go in and I get their website to the top page of Google and half the people would be like, awesome. I have a full practice now. And the other people would be like, the phone's ringing, but nobody schedules. And I would ask them like, well, what are you saying on the phone? Right. And so the script actually came out of me writing down exact initially writing exactly like how the phone conversation went. And then I would give that to my coaching clients and they'd be like, oh, and then suddenly they would be full too. So sometimes, right, we have to look at the whole big picture. So we need those numbers. Too often people say my marketing's not working. I need to lower my fee. Mm. But like Miranda's saying, you need to check that your message is on point. That's really mm -hmm. clear on who you work with, that your message is being seen by your ideal client, that you maybe are, are you refer making referral networking connections with the right people? Mm -hmm. Are you ranking for the right keywords? Is all your effort towards this um, ideal client or have you mixed up your messages yeah. and have you kind of scattered yourself too thin so that you can't really reap any reward from your effort because it's dispersed too broadly? So before you go and think that it's because of your fee or mm -hmm. some other reason, you're in a rural area, like, all these other reasons. First, let's look at the marketing plan and what the data shows, and then you can make a change. One of my favorite stories, and this has happened multiple times with coaching clients, is that a coaching client would say, oh my gosh, I raised my fee and now nobody's calling. <laughs> um, and I would say, okay, like that's an issue. Well, let's talk about it. Did you, is your fee listed on your website? And they said, no. And I said, well, how would they know you raised your fee? They go, oh. So what would happen was they would raise their fee. They would get fearful that people were going to reject them. So they would stop marketing. Right. And so the calls would stop. Right. And then that would then reinforce their belief that, oh, their fee is too high. So it's really important for us to be able to look at that bigger picture and understand if people aren't scheduling with you. It's very, very seldom a money problem. It's more likely it's a marketing problem. There are literally people who will do coaching sessions for free or counseling sessions for free or for like 15 bucks. Like it's insane. You're never going to fill your practice by being the cheapest therapist. And even if you did, you wouldn't be able to sustain it. Right. Okay. Here's another question. When starting out, how much time is it going to take to do the marketing and how much time to see the results? Ooh. So my favorite recommendation is that let's say you are, you were going to see 20 clients a week. You had 20 sessions that you were scheduling in. My recommendation is that those 20 hours are spent marketing your practice. I know that feels like a lot, but I think it's a really important place to really connect in with people and if you want to grow at the most efficient pace possible, that is the space that you're going to go. And then when you're scheduling people and you start to get clients, don't schedule them willy-nilly all over the place. Start with one morning or one afternoon a, a week. Group people together so you still have nice big blocks of time to be marketing your business. So if you see somebody for an hour and then 
you don't have another session for two hours, what are the odds that you're going to sit down and do marketing for two hours? Probably not that great. I have a hard time context switching the older I've gotten. Yeah. I like that's the other part here. You need to learn about your brain and what works best for you. And oftentimes thematic batching, for example, I'm going to do my blogs on Mondays and then I'm going to do my referral networking on Tuesdays or that can sometimes work for people versus other people just say, I'm going to work through the entire plan on Mondays and Tuesdays and then see clients on Wednesdays and Thursdays. You know, you get to figure out what flow works for you, yeah. but it's about doing it in a way that you can show up, be consistent. And then once you start getting the clients, it takes less and less. I will say once you are full, we still want you to spend a few hours every week, two hours checking in on your marketing, continuing to feed um, your practice. Why? Because you don't know what your average retention rate is yet. You don't know how long people will stay with you. Yeah. And you always want to be sure that you are getting the phone ringing so that when you start seeing kind of like the ebbs and flows of your practice, you can easily fill it. Yeah. I think that's a piece. A lot of people will get full and it'll happen kind of in, in clumps. And so then people will graduate in clumps and then they'll panic if they haven't kept that marketing leg going. How long do you think it takes to see the phone ringing? Honestly, I think if you are really investing into those relationships and if you are putting that time in, um, my experience has been within like six weeks, the phone is going to be ringing like significantly. Now, again, though, if you're spending 20 hours a week working on your business, but you're not putting it out into the world in those 20 hours, it could take six months. It could take six years. Like we've had people who've been in practice for 15 years that are still struggling to be seen. So we need to have you out in the world in some way, shape or form, whether that's digitally, whether that's relationally, hopefully it's a little bit of both. Um, but it has to happen for you to be able to build your practice Sometimes people will stumble upon really early, just a great referral source yes. where like, and again, this is where it's, it's kind of hit and miss. Sometimes it's a doctor, sometimes it's a th therapist, sometimes it's a chiropractor, sometimes it's a naturopathic doctor, like depending on your niche and who, you know, it can, it can be all over the place. When you find someone like that, we, we need to not just stop because that can dry up if everything's coming from one spot. Yes. Um, but that can be kind of magical. So you can see people or even a Facebook group sometimes can be a great referral source. Sometimes people get full literally in two weeks. Other people can take six months. But the consistent thing we found is that if you're getting full and getting full quickly, it's that you're really working through the internal blocks of being seen. Can we... I think that's the places, that's a big question is like, why am I so stuck? Why is this so hard? Why am I so bad at this? Kind of, you know what I'm talking right. about? When like, I, like themes of this. But we really believe therapists are the greatest marketers because we know how to connect to pain um, and we know how to empathize and we understand not just how the implications of their internal process and in their external world, but we really know how to speak to the heart and what's going on inside of them. And it makes us the best, I think, yeah. at marketing. And yeah. yet the visibility is so scary. I think one part of this is the our field 
as a whole is in a very individual, our society is very individualistic, but we are trained, we're sent out into the world and then no one ever sees what we do again, really, unless we go to clinical supervision, but no one's in that room with us. And that we bring in our insecurities and that, I don't know if I did that right. Or, you know, there's just natural, I haven't met therapists that don't care. Yeah. Um, if they don't, they don't do well in private practice because people pick up on that energy, but most therapists care so deeply and they're so fearful of causing harm that I think, you know, we're, they're not visible. And so in their work, and so it makes it even harder to be visible and say, well, who am I, who am I to say that I can help with this? Mm. You know, I don't want to promise something that I, you know, it's not just me, it's my clients. And there's just a lot of fear of, um, that can be put into their marketing and that causes them to hide. That's one thing. Yeah. I think that even comes back to sometimes as people are starting their private practice, they come to us and they say, well, you know, after all this, I'm thinking I should just be a coach. Um, I shouldn't even be a therapist because I see these coaches and they're, they're marketing themselves and they're able to get clients and they're able to charge whatever this thing is. Um, all that is the difference between coaches and therapists is that coaches are taught how to market. Right. Like that's the only difference in, in fact, terms of success in and terms marketing. of success and marketing in terms of the success. That's the only shift that's happening is that those, when you go through a coaching certification program, 99% of the time, they include information on how to do your marketing, how to get clear on who you are and who you serve and how to put that out in the world. Right. Um, you don't, there's nothing magical. In fact, we can look at the data that says more people are still looking for therapy than coaching y'all. Yeah. More people are still searching for therapy than coaching. We are needed. Yes. I think the other issue too, with visibility is that we live in a world where it isn't safe for a lot of people. Mm. And there's been a lot of masking code switching, and things done in order to survive in this world. Mm -hmm. And that gets brought into our businesses. Mm -hmm. And we as two white women (laughs) can't Mm -hmm. really say to one of our black therapist clients, hey, just put your picture up. No, you have to understand that there's inherent risk in some of that sometimes. And how do you empower people to create safety to be visible? Because oftentimes, that's that's what the business is. You want it yeah. to be a, a, a place that is clearly where they can be safe to shine and do their work. And we want their marketing to be done in such a way that allows them to have that safety so that they can put themselves out there. Because we know that therapists of color, queer therapists, other marginalized groups do market themselves and then they face microaggressions, mm-hmm. um, racism other oppression. And so sometimes macro. Yeah. And some of that is just real, real issues to the visibility. And so honoring that and understanding that and working around, how do I create an environment where I feel safe so that I can be seen? Maybe you are very much more specific with your referral networking. Mm -hmm. You network with other people who are more like you, who understand and are not oppressors, you know, those kinds of things to be able to put yourself out there and be seen. Yeah. I think it's really, um, what comes up 
again, is in our marketing in particular, is it does bring up old wounds. Yeah. I think this is for everybody. If you, again, were bullied, if you were, if you have been hurt in the past, I was just talking with a coaching client this week and they had something really significant. And they said, I don't know why I can't do my marketing. And I said, well, what are the things that you, that have been coming up? I was like, make a video for me, ask these questions, journal. What do you feel when this happens? What is that going on? And then they shared this really impactful personal experience that they'd had and how they had been kind of like attacked by people like on the street. And then we talked, I was like, oh, so it hasn't been safe. And they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's why I avoid it. Right. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm someone who avoids everything or I don't want to be successful or I'm sabotaging myself. Like I have a real reason for my body responding this way. So can you create space to, again, even if those 20 hours of marketing, let's say eight of them is you doing meditation, doing some other work you know, doing therapy, like some of that can be a part of you freeing yourself up to be able to be seen. One of the other questions that we get is, do I have to do all the things Mm. and do I have to do social media? (laughs) You do not have to do social media. Like you don't have to, it is an option. It's one way to reach out to people. Um, and there are other ways, honestly, you, I think you really want to do social media if you truly enjoy it. You do not have to do all the things, but you cannot hide behind your website. Oh yeah. You can't just post a website and hope. I think that there's a lot of just sitting behind the keyboard and not really putting yourself out there that can happen. And so I, I want to just encourage you that when you're doing marketing, while you're not doing all the things, there needs to be some variety. We never want you to be reliant on one source to yeah. fill your practice. We've seen it too many times where someone does Google ads or they have one referral partner and then that referral partner closes their doors and then they're panicked because they've never done other things. They've never discovered who they are as the marketer of their business. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so sad. You don't you want to at least have some variety. You want to have consistency Mm -hmm. and you want it to be something that aligns with who you are and meets your ideal clients. Now, I will say like we've had coaching clients who have have created a whole full practice hiding behind a website, like for sure. And one of them in particular, they expanded into a group practice and then they realized that they hit a wall where they couldn't go past a certain point without expanding that they had enough from what came in from SEO for them to fill up themselves and maybe a couple, but they couldn't go beyond that without expanding. So it's just not what I recommend to start. No, no, because then you're sitting and hoping and waiting because, and again, depending on how comp, how much competition there is for that first page of Google in your area, mm-hmm. That could literally take you a year sometimes to get to the first page of Google. We don't want you waiting a year to get clients. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. That's a lot. There's a lot. That's a lot. And I think this is the piece of, is why there's a lot of people who will say, you know what? I think I just want to be an employee. It's totally fine. Yeah. It's totally great to be an employee. We, we solemnly hope that if you choose to be an employee, be be an employee of someone who's gone through our business school, 
be an employee of somebody who has really been thoughtful and ex- and really explored all the pieces and they're, they're going to take good care of you because they put the pieces in place. But if you're somebody who wants to learn how to do this, it's so magical. Like the, the freedom that you get, the optionality in terms of being able to have a great income so that you can give back and take care of other people so you can have ease and flexibility in your own life while doing your highest and best clinically, that's magic. I think that's worth the investment of time, energy, and even the emotional shift and changes. If you allow this process to change, like to bring this stuff up to the surface and to allow that to, I'm going to say the word transmute, like take that old pain and that old experience and transmute it into a way that you can help people like, oh, that's, that's magic. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. If there's anything that you walk away with today, it's that we want you to be seen and your clients need to see you and your marketing is simply allowing yourself to step into your power, to step into alignment with who you are and your vision for what you're creating. It's never false promises. It's never salesy or icky. It always aligns with your heart and your passion. And that is what keeps people motivated in doing their marketing is when, if you're ever feeling like, oh, I can't do this. I want you to close your eyes and picture the client that's going to be sitting in front of you who is so anxious they can't go to work anymore or is so anxious that they have stopped talking to their friends and family. Mm. Like, does that motivate you at all to say, okay, my client is so uncomfortable and they're waiting for me that I'm willing to get a little bit more uncomfortable Mm. so that they can find me. Mm. That's beautiful. All right, y'all. Next time we'll be talking with an amazing therapist digging into where they're getting stopped up in their marketing plan. Um, And they're going to be opening up their private practice to share with you the amazing Colleen King and therapist for anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder in Sacramento, California. Um, So I hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, check us out at zinnime.com forward slash pod. We have free resources and cool little goodies for you. And just remember you are needed. We'll see you next time. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.